How's it going, y'all? Welcome back to the Gil Podcast. This podcast is about me, Gil, and the things that I'm currently obsessed with. A few episodes back, I kind of said that I'm going to be making a series of relationship topics. I've been married for about 11 years now, and I have amassed a lot of experiences and knowledge about relationships. So I figured why not create a bunch of episodes highlighting the things that I've learned in that time. You know, the funny thing is I have a lot of friends who ask me about advice about relationships on the daily. And it's fun. It's really fun to just text um, a couple of my friends. Hey, here's what you should probably try. Speak to your partner, talk to a therapist, seek counseling with your parents, stuff like that. And people tend to just listen. So I figured there's going to be a lot of other people who might not have that ability to text a friend who's been married as long as I am or have that type of knowledge. And I figured, hey, let me put it in a podcast and I might have some friends who are kind of interested in some marital or relationship advice. But disclaimer here, I'm not saying I'm right. (laughs) I'm not saying I know it all. Trust me. I fail a lot. And that's the beautiful thing about relationships and a healthy relationship is that understanding that you're not going to get it right all the time. So also I'm testing out the video ability in Spotify now. So if you're on Spotify, you can actually watch me. So that's pretty dope. It's a cool incentive to just get people on Spotify and it's fun. Like, let me know what y'all think. If you're watching this on Spotify, leave a review and or DM me and let me know what y'all think about this video feature. All right. Let's jump straight into the episode. I'm trying to think of a topic here. And the thing that keeps coming to mind is making your significant other feel special. Now, long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away, I was 19 years old, maybe like 19, 20 years old, and I moved out of my parents' house. I had a really good job. Actually, I still work at that company and paid really well for the job that I was doing. And I saved up a couple of checks and I moved out of my parents' house. So I moved out and I was dating my wife at the time. And she basically was, and she was, she's, my wife is older than me. And I've always felt like, okay, it's not pressure but it's more like I'm not dealing with some little girl here. This is a grown woman. I'm not going to waste her time. I want her to feel safe. I want her to feel as if I can take care of her, which I I know I could financially, mentally, spiritually, and all that type of stuff. But I wanted to show her it's just that extra reassurance and making her feel special. So she lived with her mom. And they lived in this really interesting neighborhood further away from where my parents are. And 
I decided to, so I decided to get my first apartment right down the street from where she lives with her mom, simply because I understand at the age 19 and even now as an adult that her mom is her life. That's her only parent and her mom is her and she's her mom's only daughter. So it's just it's just them two. Who am I to come and uproot her from that lifestyle? Doesn't make any sense. It's just, it's extremely selfish. And I understood that. So I decided to get an apartment literally walking distance from her mom. So if anything happens to her mom, anything like where her mom needs her or something like that, we can just go right, right next door or right down the street and help her mom out. So rewind a little bit. We're both Haitian and we grew up seven day Adventists. So there's no such thing as moving in with your significant other without being married. That's like number one. You can't do that. You can't, you can't even have premarital sex. <laughs> you can't quote, quote. <laughs> so anyways, I just had to make sure that my parents actually I had to make sure her mom understood that I'm respecting, you know, the rules I'm respecting her as a mother, but I really love her daughter and I love her as well because I'm moving like right down the street from you. I, cause I understand y'all relationship. And the thing is going back to the main topic is making your significant other feel special. My wife didn't really understand it up until maybe like a, a couple of months. And I was like, you know, I really got this apartment right down the street from your mom so that you can just in the middle of the night, wake up, handle business, go to her, uh, sneak out in the middle of the night. And she's like, I know, but it just, it didn't click. It's just those small things. And the beginning of our relationship for the first couple of months, I really was just trying to make sure she felt as if this guy is super serious about me. Before we got married, like I said, I had my apartment. I just would, I wouldn't spend every waking hour with her, but I would make sure that, Hey, um, if we, if you want, we can go check out this movie theater. Hey, if you want, we can go to Ikea and dress up the apartment. I just wanted her to know that, Hey, listen, I'm really dedicated to learning as much about you as possible, learning much about us as possible. And this apartment is possibly the best and easiest way to do that. Now, there's a lot of people who would say, well, I don't think you should live with your significant other before you get married. And I'm giving a little pushback because I got to learn that because I've dated people before I dated a, a few people. And, and what I learned was that you, everybody has their own tendencies. Everybody has things that they do when they're home and when they're comfortable. It's even, even me, like even, even me, right? 
I wasn't the best. I wasn't the best. What's the word I'm looking for? Home companion. What's that? I wasn't the best person to live with. I was the best person to hang out with and and chill. When you're living with somebody, you have to get used to how they do things and they have to get used to how you do things. And you end up compromising and trying to figure out what's the best way to live amongst each other. And I can't tell you how amazing it was to learn about myself and learn about her living with each other, taking out the trash, uh, building a routine of cooking, building a routine of doing laundry. It was it was extremely useful because I can't imagine you dating somebody for five to six years dating y'all living in your own apartments or your own homes and then y'all get married and then y'all start to live with each other. And next thing you know, this person you're living with snores and you had no idea. It's, it's asinine to me. It's like you're, you're playing it. Even the, even the premarital sex, I just can't imagine you spending five to six months, five to six years or, or whatever the case is now with someone and you haven't had, you know, intercourse with them yet. And they're a great overall person, great overall personality. You love the way they dress. They, they take care of themselves, hygiene, and then you have sex with them and they don't know what they're doing or you know, they're not, they don't satisfy you in that way or vice versa. And they're not satisfied. And it's simply because they're not experienced or you're not experienced with them, or you're just not compatible. You can be compatible in every other aspect of the relationship. And then sex comes in there and you're like, Whoa, like (laughs) it just, it happens. So that's one thing that I loved about us getting together at a young age, living together and learning about each other, sexually learning each other, uh, how to live with each other, how to just exist. And it's not the same for a lot of people. And I strongly suggest at least doing an Airbnb. Going, I mean, even with the Airbnb, it's still a little different because you're not holding to, you're not beholden to that property, but with an apartment, it's, Hey, you're taking out the trash. You're, you're seeing how somebody like leaves things on the sink or leave things on the counter. Those things you can easily mitigate. And for the first three years of our relationship, first two years, actually, I lived in my own apartment. I didn't speak to my parents. It's, it's, I know that's like a weird tangent, but I so heartily dedicated my future to my wife, my girlfriend at the time. I knew we were, I knew we were really serious. I know it sounds so crazy, but I dedicated to two years of learning this person, no distractions, working and building a plan 
that has since then like come to fruition in the past five to six years. But I dedicated two years and said, I'm going to learn as much as I can about this person, learn as much as I can about being a great partner so that when the time comes, when, when things get really, really serious, I'm on, I'm on autopilot. I know how to carry myself and we both learn how to love and take care of each other because when things get super serious as, as in like, you know, arguments, debates, disagreements, we both know how the other one would react or we both know what, what got a reaction out of that other person. So we know how to pretty much come to an agreement and just move forward together. And my wife, we're, we're a great team. And it's simply because we both took the time to just learn about each other. And just going back to the point of this episode and is make that, make your significant other feel special. Like it was so weird. She's like, you haven't, you're not going to speak to your parents. (laughs) Well, we had that. We had me, my mom and dad, we had our own little thing going on, but it was, I was so stuck on the fact that, listen, I really just want to be a better person and I can't become a better person for the future. If I keep going back to my mom and dad and dealing with their own issues, because I'm a, I'm 19. I don't want, I just want to live life. I want to figure out things. And so I don't need any distractions. I know some people be like, that's your mom. That's your dad. I'm 19 years old. So let me decide for me what I would like to do. And I decided to, and I'm a hopeless romantic. So <laughs> I I picked love over everything. And there's, there's this idea in my head that once you start to fall in love with somebody, that's love first. When somebody makes you feel seen and heard and understood, you pour into that as much as you can before anything and then everything else second and my wife before we even got married I just felt okay this person without doing anything made me feel seen and special so I got to make sure that she feels seen and special and I dedicated two years of just getting to know her and know us and yeah that's pretty much it thanks for tuning into this episode here about making your significant other feel special. And I guess I could give y'all a few points. Just listen, go the extra mile. Just if it sounds crazy and you know that your significant other won't feel creeped out, whatever the case is, you know what you know, what's right and what's wrong. Stalking is wrong. Stalking, um, messaging, like sending unwarranted messages. That's wrong. The feelings have to be mutual. This person has to care about you. This person has to be, and you have to be in a relationship with that person. Uh, there's a new term that I just figured out or just become privy to was love bombing. I don't know what that means, but I think from what I understand, it just means like you're just saying all these nice things, but not really meaning it. 
Um, but don't do that. It has to be authentic. It has to be real. And yeah, that's pretty much it. So make your significant other feel special and actually mean it. All right, y'all. Thanks for uh, listening. And if you're on Spotify watching, have a nice one. And I love you.